Hey, chiropractors, welcome to Modern Chiropractic Mastery with your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing, business, and professional growth with some of the leading experts in the industry. Welcome to another episode. Today, we actually have a MPI Mastery Spotlight. Every so often, we do these episodes on docs out in the field that have done a ton of great work helping out in the MPI, Motion Palpation Institute world, and just a lot of other endeavors in helping out patients and and fellow chiropractors and other colleagues. And today's guest is no different. He is an industry transformer, has done way more than just patient care, but that is part of his passion. And this is Dr. Tom Michaud, and he is in Massachusetts, but a lot of you may know him from his books he's written. We dive into his 40-year career he has had and everything he's done and is doing and keeps on pushing the envelope. And so it's an enjoyable conversation where we get into everything from some clinical foot and ankle stuff, like we dive into the the nitty gritty with that. We talk about uh, the kind of the span of 40 years of, of being a chiropractor. We talk about some different um, strategies and, and ideas of how to grow maybe a practice that's centered around foot and ankle or connecting with other providers that work with foot and ankle. And so it's a very wide ranging conversation and it's enjoyable to see. I always like to see how, you know, people progress over the years of, of a career. And so we dive into some of that. Uh, he's a wealth of knowledge, uh, as you can see by listening to this uh, episode, uh, well-read, well-written, has written some very extensive books and it's been a great resource for me in my career. And so here is my interview with Dr. Tom Michaud. Before we get to the episode, I want to tell you about my friend and colleague, Dr. Holly Tucker of ChiroNumbers.com. Have you been in practice a few years now and you're wondering when your business will start to reward you financially? Are you so overwhelmed with the day-to-day business management that it is hard to see your success? Or are you trying to expand your team and worried about the impact to the bottom line? Dr. Holly is a certified profit-first professional and a chiropractor herself who has managed multiple practices over the past 10 years and consults specifically on implementing the cash flow system of profit-first for chiropractors. Simplify the way you look at stats, metrics, and your own compensation through this methodology by working with someone with unique experience in your business model. Visit bit.ly bit.ly slash Cairo numbers to get your guide and video training. Download the first two chapters of Profit First and subscribe to her weekly five-minute Friday series on profitability. Start to feel less overwhelmed, avoid burnout, and clean up your finances so you can focus on patient care. Again, that's bit.ly slash Cairo numbers for access to Dr. Holly's resources. I hope you enjoy this week's podcast. All right. Welcome to the show, Tom. I really appreciate your time today. Uh, Before we dive into uh, years of progress and clinical and all the things you've done professionally, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and we'll go from there. Um, I started chiropractic school in 1978, a long time ago, Western States, it was called back then. And it was a great experience. You know, Mike Carnes was an anatomy teacher. Bill Nave was taught um, 
biomechanics. We had great nutrition teachers. I felt it was a really great education. I got out in 82, um, came to Boston, and it's gone by in like the blink of an eye. I can't tell you how fast the last 40 years have gone because it's it's been fun. Yeah. And, and so you've been in Massachusetts the whole time, right? Yeah, I've been in. I was just outside of Boston and Cambridge for two years as an associate, um, 82 to 84. And then I opened up um, my practice in Newton, just outside of Boston in 84. Nice, nice. Yeah. And so in private practice, uh, you're one of the ones I consider, uh, you know, and this is the MPI mastery spotlight. And a lot of times we try to, uh, you know, spotlight some of the ones that have been industry transformers in the sense of, you know, more than just the, the private practice, which is, which is great, but you've done a lot out, outside of that. And we'll, and we'll touch on that. I know my initial introduction to your work was uh, through MPI and a lot of the foot and ankle stuff. I've always been extremely fascinated with the foot and ankle and, and how it relates to a lot of the clinical things that, that we see. Um, how did you, how did you get to that point where you really started to hone in and, and, and become, uh, let's say fascinated and then really focus on foot ankle? Uh, it started when I was in my teens, actually, my mom applied for a job, um, when, you know, I was in high school and there was an opening at a, an orthotic lab by, uh, Dr. Sheldon Langer, a podiatrist in Long Island. And he started Langer Laboratories. My mom started there when it was just a few employees. And within 10 years, that turned into like a massive orthotic laboratory. It's very successful. Uh, Dr. Langer was a great guy. And I, I learned a lot about orthotics because I worked there off and on. My brother worked there all the time. He has his own lab now, Allied Orthotic up in London, there in New Hampshire. So mm -hmm. it's been a family business for a long time. But I didn't want to become a podiatrist because I just always loved chiropractic. And it was a, a really nice blend when, especially back then, there were so few people who knew anything about biomechanics. If you knew how to treat foot ankle problems, especially like orthotics are just a small component of treating foot ankle problems. If you knew how to manipulate, mobilize, strengthen, you saw every runner in the country. Like people, even two years into practice, I was having people flying in from other countries to see me. My, and my practice just took off. Yeah, you know, it was something I've focused on a lot with my background of learning from, from you and, and through MPI and the gate seminars I was going to. I, I graduated from Logan in 2005. And so from, I think, 03 to 05, when I was a student, was was taking a lot of those courses and focusing a lot on that. I, I am active release technique trained. And so that helped a little bit for me. And, and I, and I definitely down in South Florida where I practiced for the last 18 years, uh, I've treated a lot of runners and I've had a lot of collaborations with some good, uh, podiatric surgeons, more, maybe some of your traditional podiatrists that don't do surgery. I've had a good relationship with them, uh, because they've even seen that missing link in, in their repertoire was that hands-on approach potentially, and, uh, you know, honestly, a lot of them didn't have the time to yeah. assess biomechanics properly, even right. Like that hasn't changed. In fact, it's getting worse. I've seen it uh, over the past 20 years, like the knowledge base, um, for clinical biomechanics, people are just too busy. Medicine is too stressful. And well, like when you're good at this stuff and you, every now and then someone needs surgery, I've got a, a half a dozen surgeons in town that I, I really like, I really respect. 
when you write them notes saying what you're finding and saying what you've done with strengthening, they will fill up your office because they know that um, they're not doing a great job. Uh, a micro neurosurgeon who sends me whenever someone has their um, fingers lost in a work accident, mm -hmm. he transfers um, toes to hands and does all this amazing stuff. He sends me everybody that he does these surgeries on because he knows there's no one else out there. Um, and a lot of the other big sports guys, when they see you're doing nice work with agility work, strength training, manual, uh, they know there's a shortage of it. And, you know, physical therapists are filling that gap a little, but, you know, a 10% of our profession is, is just amazing. And they, there, there's such a need for that type of practitioner. Yeah, there is. And it's a, it's a niche that obviously, um, it can be filled. And I think sometimes chiropractors forget that, right? Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, everybody thinks of us as neck and back. I mean, that's just right. the reality, you know, mm -hmm. even though if you do a good job of differentiating yourself, uh, with other types of conditions, they think of neck and back, but if you do a really good job with a particular, uh, body part in this sense, it's just, it's so instrumental in, in the whole thing that, you can just start getting a ton of referrals and be known for that. And it doesn't mean you can't treat other things. It's funny know? because I wrote that book in the nineties foot orthoses, uh, a lot of the local docs, a lot of local chiros started sending me all their foot ankle patients. And I know as much about wrist, shoulder, neck as I do about foot ankle. I kind of started getting offended that people started thinking I was just the foot ankle guy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I wrote some articles on vertebral artery dissection. I wrote some articles on biomechanics of the glenohumeral joint. Um, and uh, I actually deliberately tried to get away from just doing foot and ankle because it started getting a little boring. You know, I'd, I'd just done so much of it. Um, mm -hmm. And then I got so busy that I just had to close down the new patients for a long time so I could pick and choose who I saw. Yeah. Now let's, let's, uh, diverge a little bit on that and we'll, we'll kind of come back. Uh, cause obviously you've done a lot for the profession and even other professions, obviously with your books and, and courses and, uh, over, let's just, let's just take the last 20 years. Uh, how much of your time has been split up with like traveling and, and, and teaching and, and courses and, and writing versus clinical care? That's a good question. I, I just had more energy when I was younger. <laughs> I worked full time. Like when I wrote uh, foot orthoses, I was in my thirties. Mm -hmm. I was probably seeing patients 50 hours a week and wow. then putting 15 hours of 15 to 20 hours a week uh, writing. Um, so I just have had just endless energy. I just also found this stuff fascinating. Um, and I'd lectured a fair amount uh, in the 1990s, but I, I never enjoyed lecturing. I, I'm like a private person. I, I just mm -hmm. like quiet um, and I don't like getting up in front of people. Mm -hmm. So I just wrote, I did some lecture stuff, continuing ed, um, you know, through the 90s. But mm -hmm. then I kind of pulled away from it from 2000 to 2010. And then I decided to do another edition. I wrote Human Locomotion. You know, on average, a book takes four years to write. They have mm -hmm. four to 500 illustrations in it, yep. you know, and three to 4,000 references that you call down to 2,000 references. So, um, yeah, I'm just kind of like an odd guy where I could just sit in this room and just okay. read and write all day. 
Well, it's a good point because I'm actually looking at the human locomotion book too. And to your point, yeah, it, there's a lot of effort in that. And it's just, it, it's so well done and it takes time to do that. Uh, there's an interesting saying, uh, there's a, there's an author, um, Cal Newport, who he wrote a book, be so good. They can't ignore you. And he got that from, uh, Steve Martin was being interviewed, the comedian, Steve Martin. Yeah. And the whole thing was like how Steve Martin got, you know, become the Steve Martin that we all knew. And, and his answer was simple. It was like, be so good. They can't ignore you. I love that line, by the way, I've seen <laughs> that before. And I've always thought Steve Martin was hysterically funny. Yeah. He also didn't like performing, which I <laughs> relate to. Um, yeah. But yeah, I love that, uh, that logic. Yeah. Um, but I didn't do it. And I think most people like him and other people who've made it, I didn't do it with a goal of being successful. Mm -hmm. I did it because I just like doing it. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, that makes all the difference in the world. In fact, when I did foot orthoses in the 90s, it was kind of funny. I was writing some articles for Bob Hazel at Chiropractic Sports Medicine, which was had a short-lived career as our profession, Chiropractic's only sports medicine journal. And he had some nice articles in there, but he connected me with uh, Williams and Wilkins Publishing. Mm. And I had, I figured I'd write a book on orthotics and lower extremity. So I start writing this thing. It's taken forever. It took me four years to write it, like with a lot of time going into it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize it, but there were no medical publishing companies that had, had really published any books by chiropractors. There was pressure in the industry to not do it. Mm -hmm. um, but Yoakum Monroe did that phenomenal two-volume skeletal radiology text, yeah. and Williams and Wilkins published it. So at the time, I think there were 30,000 chiropractors in the country, and the editor from Williams and Wilkins told me 27,000 chiropractors bought that book, oh. which normally, like only if, if you write a book on cardiology, one in 100 cardiologists, he had all the stats on which professions buy them the most books, um, and chiropractic was number one. And so- mm -hmm. They wanted a book. Uh, uh, Bob Hazel talked to him because they were working with chiropractic sports medicine. And uh, he, he was funny. I sent him a sample chapter and they liked it. And he said, do you think you could get us the rest of this within, you know, one to two years? Mm -hmm. And I said, I could get it to you tomorrow. <laughs> and, and he goes, you wrote a book without having it approved. And this was before you could publish anything on Amazon. It yep. would have been a waste of four years. Oh, and I was wow. like, yeah, I didn't really think about it. <laughs> <laughs> and he I just started the, laughing. It was yeah. funny. I guess you learn a lot though, writing a book, right? Oh yeah. That's that old line. If you want to learn something about a subject, write a book on it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and, and I want to touch on a little bit for our audience. So I always try to extract some things that they could maybe apply to their own practice growth. And, and it just shows like you don't have to be out on video all the time. Video is great. Public speaking is great. But if you happen to be a, a, you know, more of a reclusive person that is quieter and but is really good at writing, you could be writing stuff for your local community and, and really position yourself as an expert in the community uh, based on your writing. And right. it doesn't have to be four years of a book. Uh, it can be, right? But yeah. it, you can really do some strategic writing if that's your sweet spot and it can uh, grow your practice and obviously position you well. Yeah, you especially there are certain subjects that people want. People have attention spans where no one wants. I've been writing articles for dynamic chiropractic for a while, mm -hmm. and the length of the article that they wanted keeps getting shorter and shorter from 2,000 mm -hmm. words to 1,500 words. 
people are busy. Uh, and if I see a crazy long article, I'll, I'll put it aside and I'll, I'll eventually get through it. Mm-hmm. But I like if if you wanted to write an article on posture, you wanted to write an article on carpal tunnel syndrome, local places are interested and you just got to, you know, reach out to people, you know. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's a real market for it. And now, I mean, with Instagram, with everything else, mm-hmm. you could just put out there whatever you want. You can, and, and and it makes it tricky too, you know, because I actually wrote a book, uh, Doing It Right, Modern Chiropractic Marketing, and, and Parker University published it for me. And, uh, you know, it didn't, it's not as voluminous and in, in, in need of a bunch of research and that type of stuff, because it's not a clinical book. So that definitely shaves off a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it was a lot of effort and it was uh, a lot of paying attention to detail and getting references and getting approvals and a lot of those things. And, and I wanted to make sure we did it the, the you know, did it right and, and, mm-hmm. and made it nice. Um, and so I learned a lot in that process and I see that, you know, a lot of people will write purely for marketing, right? Mm-hmm. And you can tell the difference right. and, and that's fine. Like if you're writing a blog for your website, your chiropractic website, and you're trying to get SEO and, and all that and, and bring awareness to your clinic, that is, that is totally fine. Um, but I think if you're really going to try to use writing as your means of, of separating yourself. Yeah. You're going to have to put a little bit more effort into it, a little more substance. It doesn't have to be like you said, lengthy, but it's going to have to be um, compelling. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And finding those subjects and, you know, maybe look for trends. Um, but it, you really just have to do it because you're fascinated in the subject. And right now there's just so much out there now. Um, it, to me, it makes it enjoyable because it's easy to find references. It's easy to find good stuff. And, you know, what I like about all the, like the writing and all the different things that I've done is I've met some really interesting people. I mean, you interviewed Brett Winchester, Mark King, Mm -hmm. all great guys. I mean, I just practiced and didn't look up for decades. Mm -hmm. And in the last few years, I've been meeting some really great guys, Uh, a trainer, Andrew Hauser, um, used to be with the Dodgers. He's in Phoenix now. Uh, Nick Studholm, chiropractor in Colorado. Jen Perez and Courtney Conley with Gate Happens. Just really interesting people who are doing good things for the profession. That's great. It is. It's really cool getting out there nowadays. And I've, you know, I, I've got a business partner in the Chiropractic Success Academy, Dr. Bobby Maybe, who we actually became business partners without meeting in person. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> we have now. Subsequently, we've we've met in person many times, but prior to that, we hadn't. And so, yeah, your prearranged marriages have lower <laughs> divorce rates than when you exactly. actually get to know the person. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, in today's day and age, you can definitely uh, collaborate and meet with a lot of people. Uh, so that that is definitely cool. Um, All right, docs, here is a new opportunity for you from Darcy Sullivan of Propel. She is our SEO specialist in helping out many chiropractors uh, with their search engine optimization and making sure Google is finding you and getting you new patients. It's amazing how many new patients chiropractors can get and are getting when they do uh, the SEO right and a few other things. And Darcy is offering a free SEO workshop just for chiropractors, and you can sign up for that at bit.ly bit.ly slash propel mcm that is bit.ly bit.ly propel mcm modern chiropractic marketing right and so check out that link and we're going to have you go over five seo secrets to owning the first page of google 
without buying ads. And Darcy's going to give that free workshop one hour to really help grow your practice and start churning new patients from the ever mighty Google, which is still king in the online marketing. So check that out at bit.ly slash propel MCM for the one hour free workshop. Hey doc, are you moving office spaces or you're a startup with your own new space or you're like me where you need renovations because it's starting to look a little worn after about 10 years like ours is? Um, Crossfields Chiropractic Office Design is here to elevate you wherever you're at and they're going to help maximize your space and flow. They're going to really help attract and retain patients and this is going to have a great ROI on your investment when you increase that patient experience. So check out Chiropractic office designs by Crossfields. And we have a special link for modern chiropractic marketing listeners. And that is www.chiropracticofficedesign.com slash Kevin dash Christie. And with that, you're going to have discounts. We're going to have direct links to a mega bundle of free resources, and you can check them out and you can get 15 of our most popular floor plans, five phase checklist for a startup office, five point designer checklist to evaluate your current office image and there's 30% off on all online products when you go to www.chiropracticofficedesign.com slash Kevin dash Christie. I want to segue a little bit and get back to what we talked about with, you know, growing a practice and whether it is foot and ankle or not, but let's, let's hone in on that for a minute and, and working with other people in the community, podiatrists, uh, maybe it's podorthists and other types that are working with foot and ankle. Um, for the chiropractor that's in our audience that, that does have some good skill set around the foot and ankle, what would be some of your strategies for them to try to connect with other professionals and uh, get those types of referrals? I find that most medical docs now are so overwhelmed with mm -hmm. getting through a day uh, and they know their shortcomings, which is conservative care. Yep. And, you know, with GPs, it's, it's pretty much everything. <laughs> um, and I, what has always worked for me, and I never did it on purpose, um, I would just write short notes up after I saw somebody. Mm -hmm. I would write what I found in the biomechanical examination. I would talk about weakness, and then I would just say what my goals were. And I would throw manual therapy manipulation in there. And, you know, 30% of them loved it. They tended to be some of the best people in town. Mm -hmm. um, and then they started sending me patients, but mostly patients grew. Like I wouldn't want to have to reach out to the medical community for survival in a practice personally. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I feel that when you do a good job with each individual patient, it just, it grows on its own. I mean, word of mouth, there are so few people who are really skilled at their craft and not even skilled, just if you're enthusiastic and you care about people and they see it from what I've seen, looking at different associates that I've had and different friends who practiced, you do well when you want to get people better. Um, and, and people talk about it because PTs are getting beat up. Everybody's getting beat up with the healthcare industry. So it's hard to have empathy, you know, all day, every day. But when you really care about getting people better, they're appreciative. And, and when you study, like when they see that you're looking stuff up, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm constantly saying, would you like a paper on this? Someone wrote, did this article showing that if you had a strength and balance, it led to this. 
and no one ever wants them, which, <laughs> which always surprises me. <laughs> but yeah, they go, at least they know that I'm looking stuff up for them. Um, yeah. And, and it just it seems like, you know, if, if you had to categorize yourself as, as you're kind of an educator, right? Like right. whether you're educating other doctors or you're educating your patients, it's, it's just become that consistent educator and, and peop, enough people will uh, really listen to that and, and take that and, and then spread that information for you. Good point. Uh, do yeah, that. I, I definitely. Absolutely. That. And, you know, I do hear a lot of chiropractors, are they do reach out to MDs. They, they do try to get some MD networking, but uh, ironically, they tend to forget about the DPMs that they could, you know, if they're going to get out there and connect with other doctors, that is a good potential resource for them. Because a, a few things I've noticed is a, a lot of the DPMs don't have physical therapy on site. Some do, right, right. but not as much as the ortho. Right. Um, so they don't necessarily have PT on site. Another and one, the DPMs are very well connected to the running community. And, yeah, you know, true. they, they know a lot about clinical biomechanics and you know the good ones are the same as us they want to get people better so they will send out and would and you know and a lot of chiropractors don't want to take the time to get skilled at orthotics or anything else no you have to have a good group of podiatrists and a good group of orthopedics orthopedic surgeons that you know and trust because it's it's essential and it's a two-way street it is it's a, it's a great collaboration and then the other thing i've found with dpms a lot of times is they get patients that come in with lower leg stuff i'll just call it and a lot of times it's just a maybe a, a radiculopathy from the back and and yeah. a, a well-trained dpm will know that and they should have a really good chiropractor to handle those uh, limbo pelvic issues that are that are causing it because obviously the patient doesn't know like oh you know I, I got some numbness and tingling in my lower leg and foot and ankle whatever uh, they just think it's a foot and ankle issue so the, there, there's a chance they're going to go to the dpm and and a good dpm is going to know it's not from the foot and ankle and, and they need a referral yeah but at the same time like i said i've been practicing for 40 years i don't and i know a ton about foot ankle biomechanics mm -hmm. i don't get many referrals from dpms you know i send yeah. out to dpms more mm -hmm. than they get sent back to me and i just think that they're again they're in business their mm -hmm. their goal is to do surgery yeah uh, and that's their mindset and you know there's the occasional one who's often an athlete him or herself that mm -hmm. realizes the importance of it um yeah. but yeah it's uh yeah no, I, it, it can be strategic sometimes. You have to find maybe the one right. <laughs> that that, is, that has more of a conservative uh, tilt to them, right? Right. Yeah. Often they're a patient. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. I've had that. Yeah. I've had that for sure. That's cool. Um. All right. So forty years, right? Forty years yeah, 40 of, of practice. Oh, yeah. And uh, before we hit record, you were you were kind of mentioning that uh, this will be the the final year. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm just deciding. I started that other company at humanlocomotion.com. I patented that foot ankle strengthening device, which called the Topro. It's just taken off. Every NBA team is using it. The NFL is starting to use it. And physical therapists. Uh, it's just been really popular. My wife runs the website. We know absolutely nothing about running a business other than chiropractic. Mm -hmm. And this thing has grown 
you know, meteorically by itself, just because it works. Like every professional yeah. distance runner in the country is using it. Temple University, the podiatrist there, Dr. Song is a great researcher. He just finished up a paper on it. Uh, six weeks, 25 people did strengthening. They had increased force output beneath the medial forefoot, increased toe strength. And the main thing it does is it increases horizontal jump distance. And huh. they, yeah, that's why every NBA team is using it. Now women's NBA are, are using it and, you know, runners because toe strength correlates with agility, it correlates with speeds. I made this thing because of the research showing that you can prevent falls in the elderly if their toes were strong. And Goldman oh. did a study showing that if you exercised, he looked at strength gains when you use like TheraBands. That was a separate study where if you're plantar flexing the muscles in a shortened position, you barely got any strength gains because in order to stimulate, stimulate satellite cells to reproduce, muscles have to be lengthened. And Goldman did a simple study. He cocked the toes back 25 degrees. He had them do isometric contractions. He got four times the strength gains. So I made a series of like tilts and, and angles on a, a foam block that I then routed out certain positions to change the durometer mm -hmm. and we were able to very effectively strengthen the most important muscles of the foot ankle in their lengthened positions and the outcomes have been amazing and uh word is catching on so that yeah. business as it grows i'm having a hard time because like i said i'm getting old i'm having a hard time <laughs> working in the practice and then dealing with everything associated with that because i also have a half a dozen other project uh, products that i'm making yeah. So that's been interesting because I've had to deal with manufacturing. I've had to deal with going overseas for some things. And like I said before, I've got to meet some really interesting people. Mm -hmm. But now I'm at a phase now where I've practiced enough. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to start writing. I want to start like illustrating. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to having a change. I, I probably won't be able to completely retire just because mm -hmm. I, I like it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'd still like to, I'm, I might just do one day a week or something, but you know, I, it's, it's all up in the air right now, but I'm setting a date for like leaving the office at the end of the year. Nice. Nice. I'm assuming this also works with golfers, right? Yeah. 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 Anything where to be surfers, you know, the biggest group that makes the largest bulk purchases are Irish dancers, which, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is pretty cool. Oddly enough, it doesn't increase vertical jump height because that's gastroc and soleus through the forefoot, but uh -huh. it increases horizontal jump height uh -huh. where you are driving forward. That's why a, an NFL team just made a bulk purchase last week. And I wrote the guy who bought it and said, you know, the front four, when they're down in that squat, it's yep. all toe strength with the toes in a dorsiflex position. Yeah. So, you know, and it's been, I've made so many products. I've, I've always made stuff. I made yep. rock boards for you. None of it's ever sold. I made that medial drift device that where mm -hmm. you could make a study came out of Shenandoah university. It had great iterator reliability. It predicted foot architecture. If they ever did a bigger study on it, it would predict injury. No one was interested in it. Um, which I'm fine with, you know, yeah. I, I just make stuff for the same reason I write, you know? Yeah, no. And what was the name of this product? Uh, that was called the medial drift device. It's uh, anodized oh. aluminum. It measures inward rotation of the medial malleolus as the talus adducts, uh, during, um, as you go from neutral position stance to relaxed calcaneal stance. Okay. And what so, is the, what is the most recent product as well? 
Oh, the Varus Post is probably the most recent products that I made. Uh, you know, research came out that orthotics decelerate the velocity of pronation and do all these wonderful things. But because they support the arch so much, they can cause uh, intrinsic arch weakness. Mm-hmm. So they showed that a wedge, which is just a, a tilted crepe wedge that goes under an insole, decelerates yeah. velocity and can decrease tibial rotation. Whereas the arch distributes, the arch support in an orthotic distributes pressure. So basically the post and the shell do different things. Mm-hmm. So for those people who just wanted to decelerate the velocity of motion, say you had a neutral foot, but you were having chronic Achilles or plantar fascial problems, you just put this varus post in mm-hmm. um, and you, it's peel and stick. You put it under the insole, works unbelievably well. So I made uh, varus post, valgus posts. I made interdigital balances um, to take pressure off sesamoids. And then uh, another balance to treat interdigital neuromas. So uh, yeah, yeah, super easy, quick. And it's for people who don't want to put the time in to become great at making orthotics, but you want to get those positive results that orthotics can give. Yeah. And I think one of the great things too, is you, not only do you have the products, but you have the education to educate the doctors on when to use this type of stuff and why and and all that. So, you know, it's not just about throwing a product in without knowing what to do with it. And it's less expensive. So it's a win-win. It's quick for the doctor. Patient satisfaction is through the roof. You, you know, if you're treating an Achilles injury and you throw that in there, like 90% of the people that works on, and you can use it there inexpensive enough. You could just use it temporarily. If your goal is to do eccentric loads and strengthen the tendon. So, you know, you just use it as a clinical tool. And I think that's, you know, you're, you've been practicing a long time. That's what happens after a while when you're in practice, you go, what what do people need? You can't say, hey, you need a $400 orthotic for this if they've got kind of a good foot type. People send me patients all the time for orthotics and probably three quarters of them I don't make them on. But Mm -hmm. when you do make them, they love them. I mean, patient satisfaction with orthotics is as high as it is with hip replacements. It's like 90 plus percent. But this is a nice option for those in between people. And then with the toe strengthening device, is that something that is a individual purchase? Like the the patient would bring it home or is this more for the the clinical and the, well, a lot of clinicians, a lot of clinicians buy, buy it in bulk because there's a discounts when you buy 10 uh, and they keep it in their office. But most of them, from what I would see on movement on the site, it's doctors recommending it uh, to patients in their town. Mm -hmm. And a lot of PTs and trainers will, We'll have them in their office, uh, like, you know, it's clubs will have them. You can wear minimalist shoes and use it. Mm-hmm. So um, most of the purchasers are individual, but I'm noticing over the past six months, we're getting more bulk orders from uh, doctors who've seen the benefits of it. Because this was great research that they showed that uh, the amount of pronation you go through doesn't predict injury. But if you're weak and a pronator, you get injured. If you're wow. strong in a pronator, you don't. Uh, and they also showed that pronators who are given strengthening exercises for their intrinsics get faster. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas people with neutral arches don't have that much of a change. So yeah. an overpronator, and older people, 40% mm-hmm. of people over 70 fall annually. Yep. The best yep. predictor of it is toe strength. It's interesting because I, you mentioned the pronators. I, I've done a lot with the NFL. I've been in the NFL combine for, for about 12 years. Uh, so I'd, that would be the, the sport or the particular athlete and the professional level that I've done the most with. And, and so many of them have uh, 
pronated feet, you know, Mm -hmm. and obviously so many of them suffer from toe injuries, foot injuries, ankle injuries and things like that. And so I I could just imagine how beneficial this would be for them. Yeah. I never dealt with anybody in the NFL previously Mm -hmm. because I've kind of specialized in runners and recently an NFL player, nice guy reached out to me because he had an injury and he researched it himself. Um, So I've had him doing the toe pro with, with a couple of different uh, trainers and, uh, the importance of strengthening those intrinsics, you know, the smart ones figure it out. This guy figured it out on his own. Um, and, uh, I'm surprised. I think what happened with the NBA where first it was like one team, then another, because all the trainers kind of work with each other. I have a feeling pretty soon that they're going to realize that toe strength is really important in the NFL. Oh yeah. I mean, it makes, it makes all the sense in the world for sure. So cool. Interesting. So that makes nice little, transition out of uh, patient care you're going to stay busy i'm actually in a similar uh, situation i am uh, exiting patient care in six actually five weeks from the date of recording this Um, holy mackerel you left that one out that's a big congratulations yeah thank you yeah um, i'm still going to own and operate it i got two great docs here i'm going to still provide leadership with that but uh, everything is taken off with the uh, modern chiropractic marketing group and the chiropractic success Academy. And so I'm going to focus a lot on that. And, uh, I have two young kids, so I got good opportunity for you. to, yeah, yeah, to, to yeah. kind of do that. It's good. And then it's a different, it's the creative side. It's that's what I like about all the new changes that I've been going through is like, mm-hmm. I'm hitting a point where I so many interesting things are happening. I don't want to go into work because I, I want to do all these other things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you're, that's good. You, you, you beat me by, I think, 10 or 15 years. So congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, um, you know, it's interesting because um, I've talked about this a ton, but I, I'm a member of Strategic Coach, which is an entrepreneur coaching group. It's just been very transformational for me since 2013 of how to be more of a, you know, an entrepreneur in a lot of ways. And, 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 it, and they talk a lot about honing in on your unique abilities. And those are the things that truly fascinate and motivate you. And, and I've narrowed it down for me is to, you know, creating vision, uh, creating content, and ultimately just creating relationships. And so it all falls into this creating part of things. And, you know, like having, a, being able to interview you on a podcast is part of not only creating content, but also creating a relationship. And so I'm, I'm really doubling down on that. And, and it sounds like you're be, you're going to be doubling down on, you know, creating as well. And so it's exciting. Yeah, it's exciting. It's a little different. I, I think sometimes they're mutually exclusive. What makes you good at treating a patient sometimes with me is that like, I really care about people. I mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm focused and I'm in there and it's an, it's a pleasant environment where you don't have to deal with the craziness that I'm experiencing now occasionally in the business world yes. where you try to have things made and like at 40 years of, of dealing with like in a nice environment that it's kind of sheltered mm-hmm. um, going out into the business world where you can get it, you can have a manufacturer, like not make something that doesn't work and you're out $20,000, something else happens where you've got to start all over. Um, and I don't really like the business side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'm going to hopefully be hooking up with some other people soon to um, help me with that because, you know, everybody's got their strengths and 
running a business is not one of mine. Luckily, I have my wife running the website and mm-hmm. setting up all the Instagram stuff because like, I, I never really take a look at that even. Yeah, uh, there's a good concept from strategic coaches called who, not how. And that just means find the who can do it for you instead of how to do it yourself. <laughs> I wish I talked to you a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's I'm trying to just get as many experts around me to do the stuff I'm not good at or at least not fascinated by. So you're smarter than me. I cannot delegate like even like last year I painted my house. I wanted a kitchen. <laughs> I rebuilt my kitchen like I, I can't even hire plumbers like I just yeah. do it all myself. In fact, I actually. When I, yeah. yeah, I have a funny story about that. I, I, I grabbed my 68 year old dad over to help me paint part of the outside of the house. And it's got, you know, I'm down in South Florida. It's all stucco house and everything. <laughs> and I look over and my poor dad's sweating his ass off. You know, he, he, he's good at painting, but you know, it's hard work as you know. And, and I just looked at him and I was like, what the hell am I doing? I was like, let's stop. And I just hired someone paid the money to do it. And I just, <laughs> I, I was like, well, last year, last year I decided that my house needed to be painted. And I've always painted it. It's not like I, and I, my wife is smart. She'll call up, get an estimate. And I used to do these jobs when I was in my teens and twenties and we worked mm-hmm. for three bucks an hour. So yep. someone will come over and say, I want $15,000. I'm like, I can do that in a week. Yep. Yep. So, so, so I told her when I finished this one, when we finished this one, I said, this is the last time I'm ever doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Write the check. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was like, not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Write the check. So, exactly. um, well, are you going to, you're going to move down to Florida like everybody else when they retire? No, no, thanks, but no I'm going to probably stay in this area, but t- spend winters traveling around, you know, right. uh, so we've got to pick a spot. South, I play a lot of tennis, uh, South Carolina, maybe Arizona. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, this company is, is busier than my practice and mm-hmm. it, it, Newton biomechanics or human locomotion is going to take up way more time than the practice. Even like now it's still probably 30 to 40 hours a week. But wow. uh, I'm going to learn to delegate. Yeah, you're not retiring. You're just uh, you're you're just different chapter, right? Yeah, different um, chapter. That's exciting. You know, it's it's uh, and it's one of those things where it's just drawing you. It's that fascination and motivation, and it's uh, it's going to be a definitely exciting times to to do that. I'm sure you'll I'm sure you'll miss patient care a little bit. Yeah, I, again, because I I interact with so many practitioners that um, and now I'm getting a lot of people asking me questions about rehab and what mm-hmm. to do with this one difficult patient. Uh, so, and I don't advertise that I do that, but a lot of people have been com- saying I, I've got this person with this, this, this. So I still feel like I'm playing a role in patient mm-hmm. care. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I don't know if I can walk away from it. I, you know, I'm like that horse that's behind another horse that just keeps <laughs> following them. Um, <laughs> I don't look up, you know, I, I could definitely see me practicing at, like at least two days a month. Okay. Um, yeah. That's yeah. cool. You know, and I like, I like hearing the complete stories of say, you know, 40 years of practice and not that it's fully complete, but you know, you're, you're putting a little bow on it and doing it the way you want to do it. And it's great. And, and a lot of our audience are younger chiropractors and sometimes they can't see the forest through the trees. And, you know, it's maybe the student loans are a lot, or they haven't been able to get their own practice going yet, or, you know, the economy is difficult right now. Right. Uh, when you go through this for 40 years, you you've experienced all those different types of challenges. And it's always good to see that, when you have that delayed gratification, that hard work over time, then it, it definitely pays off. 
Yeah, it, it definitely pays off. And when I started practicing in 82, unemployment was crazy high. If you took a bank note out, it was at a 13% rate. Yep. Um, but having said that, what the young students are going through with their amazing amount of debt, I, I, I can't stand seeing. I, I yep. just think it's terrible. It's um, bad. Definitely. Yeah, it, it, it's crushing. Um, but, you know, you, you've, there are so few people who are skilled you get skilled at what you do and you will make it. it. You will. You will. You know, and what happens too is like, yeah, the student loan thing is, is definitely not fun. Luckily they have the income based repayment part for each month. Right. And then if you build something, you're going to have equity in it. You know, you're going to have equity, whether it's your practice, your home, your, if you can buy your commercial real estate or you're saving money, like it's, you're, you're going to be able to pay that off. It's just going right. to take a little longer than it did for maybe the rest of us. So, well, getting help from someone like you is, would be important because I remember when I got out, Western States was good at teaching us anatomy and biomechanics. Mm -hmm. I had, I had no idea how to run a mm -hmm. practice. I didn't, I, I stopped taking insurance 20 years ago just because mm -hmm. I didn't know how to do billing. Yeah. Um, you know, and I was fortunate enough that I had people coming in. I kept a low overhead practice uh, and it, it worked out well in spite of the fact that I knew nothing about how to run a business. And, and it's, yeah, that's my kind of my massive transformative purpose with the profession. And, and even part of why I'm stepping out is that I think I can lend that dichotomy of I've, I've been on the clinical side uh, at, at a high level. I, I've had the practice. I, I know what it's like. I've been in the trenches, but then I've also done a lot to understand the business and marketing side of things. And, and I want the, the evidence informed chiropractic crowd to realize like you, you can be good at business and still be a great clinician, right? A lot of it is providing the ultimate patient experience and educating and good care but you, you can be, you could be, you know, very understanding of how business works in marketing and still be great clinically and, and be better off for it. Yeah. And, and combining those two uh, would be uh -huh. essential. You know, um, yeah. I'm going to be working with Mike Carey, who uh, is a chiropractor out in um, uh, California, he used to be an associate for, with me for a couple of years. Um, and he's doing a lot of work with the fascial distortion model. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be looking at making some educational videos and I think if you couple improved clinical skills and then an awareness of all, like, like I was talking about with running human locomotion, the business side, yeah. like couple those two together in the old days, it was, life was simpler and you just had to be a good clinician. Yeah. Now you have to be both. Um, I don't know how I would do if I was graduating now, um, if I didn't reach out and figure out okay, I've got to do something to understand the business side of things. I would say the good news is, is that the, the younger crowd does have um, a lot of good understanding of obviously social media and you know, technology. And so they're able to leverage, if, if they do their due diligence and they work hard, they're, they're able to leverage those things a little bit better than maybe those that have graduated in the uh, 80s and 90s and such. So. I agree. I've done a couple of lectures with Mark King uh, mm -hmm. and Brett and met a bunch of the students, uh, and they're an impressive group. Yep. And I, it's exciting. I, I want to be a part of that. I would mm -hmm. love to do something to help students um, yeah. navigate through what is a great career mm -hmm. um, and just find honing their skills. And they seem really motivated and 
bright. It's it's fun working with them. Yeah, you know, it's it's a great group. I know I know they get a lot of uh, flack here and there, but no, they, they've got a lot of positives in their direction. They just need to uh, realize that, and you know, also realize that people like you and I that have been doing it for a while that maybe are on you know, doing pretty well, uh, it, it didn't happen overnight. No. Right? It just didn't it happen happened in spite of us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's exactly right. So I think that's part of the struggle too, is they see, you know, the markings and, and, and such and, and, and all that. And, and, and they're not there at year three. And it's like, well, no one was there at year three. So <laughs> keep, keep at it, keep at it for sure. But yeah, absolutely. Um, well, you know, I want to, I want to respect your time and I really appreciate you coming on the show and continuing to push the envelope, which is great. And being a leader in, in the industry, um, how can our audience reach out and find your uh, courses, your products, your books, all that type of stuff? Uh, humanlocomotion.com is the easiest way to look at all the different products we have. And um, I've put up a couple of different lectures on clinical biomechanics, gate analysis. But like I said, I'm going to be doing more with uh, my carry and the fascia, fascial distortion model. Um, but right now, humanlocomotion.com has all of the uh, information, all the different products. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Human Locomotion Books got all the references. Perfect. And I also want to do, I, I want to thank you um, from MPI standpoint too, as you've contributed a lot to not only the virtual summit they had in the past, but also the MPI Clinical Excellence Channel, which is really doing well. Like it's got such great content in there, uh, where it's just a, a little small monthly membership fee, and you get two to three great video lessons from all kinds of experts experts in the MPI world. And so that's been awesome as well. So th- thank you on behalf of MPI oh, it, for that. It, it's not a problem. I'm telling you, Brett is a riot. Mark King is a classy mm-hmm. guy. Taylor, phenomenal. Just great people. It's been fun. Absolutely. So thank you for your time, Doc. Absolutely. Good talking with you. Good luck with your retirement. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Hey, take care. That is it for this week's episode. But before you leave, check us out at www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com for all kinds of free resources such as blogs and the podcast episodes. We've got online courses. You can check out the Chiropractic Success Academy there, which is an amazing online coaching system for you at a very affordable monthly rate. Uh, There's a free online course on the modernchiropracticmarketing.com website, so check that out. If you're interested in some one-on-one coaching, we can do that as well. We have all kinds of resources for you there, and we would also truly appreciate if you could rate and review this podcast if you're getting valuable information out of it. I can't thank you enough, and we'll see you next week.